0: You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on Hi-FM. You're listening to Confidential Brief. We've just passed the half past 12 mark, and in studio with me now is Jackie Fick. Jackie used to be a deputy um, director of public prosecutions, working with the director of special operations. Jackie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me this morning.
0: Jackie, for our listeners that don't know what the Directorate Special Operations is, it was the Scorpions. Tell us more about that unit.
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I think our success was based on the fact that we were like a family. This was a very closely knit unit that functioned on something called the Troika methodology. And... I think the biggest amount of success we had because of that, it is your intelligence, your investigation, and your prosecution working together towards a prosecution-driven outcome. So right from the beginning, when you start with that investigation, you already have a legal framework in mind. So it's very directed As opposed to the traditional model of an investigator completing a docket, then giving it to the prosecutor, prosecutor sending it back with queries, and it goes back and forth, back and forth. And I'm sure you're familiar with that process.
0: So it's almost like when when our our, our listeners watch reruns of Law and Order, where you see the prosecutors working hand in glove with the investigators. It's almost like that.
1: Yes, it's very similar to that. And I think if we if we look at the way crime is committed these days, it does call for a multidisciplinary approach, especially when it comes to technology crimes, which, uh, of course, are my passion, not committing them, but investigating and prosecuting them.
0: Well, I look forward to talking to you a little bit later in the show about cyber crimes because that is of interest to everybody. There's such a a spike and surge in in international syndicates targeting South Africans and South Africans themselves becoming part and parcel of cryptocurrency scams as well as Forex trading platform scams. So I'm looking forward to chatting about that. When one looks at the the National Prosecuting Authority at the moment, one sees a similar model to the Scorpions within commercial crimes where it's the intent that because the prosecutors and the investigators are housed together, it should make the job a lot easier. When one looks at the priority litigation unit um, of the NPA, they meant to work with the Hawks-Cats units, Crimes Against the States. But we've seen over the last 10 years this hasn't actually worked why do you think it hasn't worked and what do you think made the Scorpions model so successful?
1: Because we sat together? I think it is that coherence in feeling that you're part of the same team, not just an assigned prosecutor or assigned investigator, but from the right, the, from the word go, having people working together towards a common goal. If you have a model, even if you've got dedicated prosecutors and you refer the matters there, Still doesn't create that team spirit
0: What was your role within the Scorpions When you were still there
1: I started um, In the Scorpions uh, in Durban Where um, We were two deputy directors In the office of the Scorpions In Durban Leonard McCarthy who was the head of the Scorpions At that stage saw a lady with an MBA, and he immediately sourced me as his um, advisor. So my role in the Scorpions was very much that of an advisor, almost like a chief of staff. Do you miss it? Every day.
0: Were you there till the very end?
1: Yes, I was. Um, I left in 2009. During which time the last few months I was there, I was very much involved in the negotiations on whether the scorpions should be shut down or not.
0: Do you think the new unit that Advocate Patoyi is going to pick up where the scorpions left off, is there such a thing as picking up where they left off or is that dead and gone?
1: I'm very excited about this unit. I think there's definitely a need in South Africa for such a unit and I don't think we need to throw away the lessons. Don't reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of lessons to be learned in what the scorpions did right and where they could have improved. I think the, the scorpions were closed down in, in their infancy stage, and there's a basis to build off on. But I think they need to form their own identity and learn from, from previous experience.
0: There's been a lot of issues relating to the funding of the NPA There's been a moratorium on employment for the last four odd years and we actually had Advocate Batoy chatting about perhaps bringing money in from the private sector, which immediately raises concerns for me because one has to ask about where that funding comes from. We've seen of late how funding within political parties has caused issues, etc. But if the asset forfeiture unit is structured correctly – and I see Willy Hoffmeyer is back in that post – and you have sufficient Chapter 5 preservation orders being issued in terms of Prevention of Organized Crime Act, do you not think that there's enough money in the underworld if the the preservation orders are effective and that money is surrendered to the state for it to become almost a self-funding model?
1: Very interesting question. I think yes, but with, I need to issue that statement as a precursor. Getting to criminals and getting to their gains... Is a a circular flow If you don't have good investigators That bring evidence To a court and successful prosecutions You're not going to be able to succeed So I think there It's a review of the whole Process right end to end process Review right from where we Investigate how we report How we prosecute towards Getting the money back From the criminals and The nice thing about taking that approach is you take the sting out of the crime if you can get the money back. If we are able in this country to take the profit out of crime, to make a situation or a case where crime doesn't pay, I think we've won half of the war.
0: And I think that's what made Heath so successful in the early stages of the Heat Special Investigating Unit when it was proclaimed by President Mandela because there was a tribunal linked to it. And the, the, the purpose of the tribunal was to to get financial restitution for the state and most importantly to prosecute members of the state involved in crime. And that in those days was in the Eastern Cape. I see that the President has reestablished the tribunal for the special investigative unit and appointed a judge. Is this now going to bring a lot more- more money back into the coffers In your opinion And do you think it's going to make the SIU Once again relevant Seeing that at a stage They also had budget cuts And they had to get rid of contractors
1: I'm hopeful But as I said Going back to my previous answer It is a multi-discipline approach That we need for success here And we all need to work together Not only government But also the private sector If we want to address crime in this country There is the need for public-private partnerships That always comes to the fore.
0: I'm in conversation with advocate Jackie Fick. She is an expert in um, South African criminal law. She's worked at the Scorpions previously. When we come back, we're going to be chatting more about what she does at the moment. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High fm you're listening to Confidential Brief. My name is Chad Thomas, and today I'm in conversation with advocate Jackie Fick. Jackie, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, the history of the Scorpions, where you were, the DSO, etc. Uh, looking at today... We've still got certain units And the public don't really know about them um, That fall within the NPA Such as the asset forfeiture unit The asset forfeiture unit is a unit That has has a lot of success In terms of recovery of money Does that money go to the state Does it go to the victims Is it split What are the the actual functions of the asset forfeiture unit
1: Charlie it's a combination of both Because you ask for victim compensation Or you ask for the money to go to the state Um Of course, I haven't dealt with that. That was in my past, um, quite some years ago. But, yes, it depends on how you formulate the order.
0: It's very interesting because when one looks at the Criminal Procedure Act, Um, Section 297, Section 300 allows for financial restitution, and we work now in terms of restorative justice. We want to get something back for the victims. But what I especially like in terms of the Prevention of Organized Crime Act is that there may not necessarily be a victim. There may be a criminal um, uh, kingpin. And based on the investigation that's been worked on him, he cannot prove how he was able to obtain such a lavish lifestyle. And the state is able to attach that. If he can't prove how he obtained it, the state can actually liquidate that and use that money to fight crime. Is that happening enough?
1: I don't think it can ever happen enough. I think the, the biggest step we can make in preventing crime and addressing crime in South Africa is to take the profitability out of it And at this stage I'm very sorry to say Crime pays Especially when we go and look at Commercial offences and more specifically Cyber offences It's very profitable
0: Jackie during the introduction you spoke about cyber crime Being your passion Do you believe that could be the biggest threat Facing um, individuals and companies At this point in time
1: Don't quote me on it But I think it already is um, and why I say that is I think, firstly, it's a very underreported crime. And I think there's a category here, two categories. The first one is the people that have been the victim of cybercrime. The second one, the people that don't know that they have been the victim of cybercrime. It is the things that we do not know about that really keeps me up at night.
0: So let's break down cybercrime. We've got the very simplistic ones that are that, – that are- Individual based where you'll Have a boiler room of of Generally men um, Sending out multiple Messages to multiple social media Groups and uh, dating groups Trying to hook um, Somebody by catfishing them um, So that they can create a romance With them an online romance to try to get money From them and then we've got something like The city of Johannesburg whose City power department has been Held ransom through ransomware um, Is it really as diverse as somebody sending you a fake picture all the way to a city being held ransom?
1: Yes, it is, because the commonality is criminals are after information. What they want to do with that information differs from case to case. When they fish you and when they commit identity theft, it's all about becoming you. It might be that they are after Your financial information, which is the common one, that they want access to your banking information. They might be after your medical information because they want to be able to intercept your prescriptions so that they can get your wonderful pink filikis, which they then sell as drugs. It might be that they are after your loyalty points because they want to go on a free holiday using your loyalty points. You never know. And that is why it's very important... That we go and we sit and we think What information We have, what are we doing with that information Where are we disseminating that information And how are we protecting Our identity
0: It's very interesting that you brought up the the, the identity theft in respect of the medicine. Um, before you, earlier today on the show, we had Lynette Swanepoel. Um, she, she sits um, at the medical insurance section of the ACFE South Africa as well as the South African Fraud Prevention Services. And there's been a marked increase in fraud involving the medical sector. And you say this is all based on people trying to obtain information. So how do we protect that information, Jackie?
1: The golden question is... Um, what have you actually disseminated? And remember, people think that identity theft is, I go and fish you today and tomorrow I use it in the commission of a crime. In a lot of instances, people trawl the net and they find different pieces of information that you have posted about yourself. One site you might have imported with your telephone number, another one your address, so it's not necessarily that they hit the jackpot and you actually went and put all your evidence, all your information together at one go. It becomes easier when they, for example, fish you and they ask you to sign onto a specific webpage with all your details. But it's not always, um, that technical. People think about hacking, they think about fishing as people sitting in a room behind a lot of big computer screens and they're all wearing thick glasses. No. Most of the instances, they don't need a sophisticated attack because the individual has been kind enough over the years to post everything about themselves. I always say to people, let's take, for example, Facebook. What do you post and what are your security settings? Now, I recently had to advise a lot of people on this specific issue that love telling the whole world that they're at the airport and they're going to Cape Town or the Maldives or wherever, and they say there, here's a copy of my passport because I want to brag. They say how long they're going to be away, and they post continuous pictures of where they are. And lo and behold, the settings on their Facebook or their Twitter or their Instagram account is up to public. So the whole world can see what they're doing. What I'm trying to get at, if, if we want to keep ourselves safe, we need to understand that it is a wonderful privilege to be using technology. But with those rights of using technology and having access to information also comes responsibilities. And we need to be sure that we use technology responsibly.
0: It's so strange because often I'll, I'll be on social media and I absolutely Love social media um, It's time for a punt If you want to follow our radio show It's Confidential Brief Radio Show on Facebook And if you want to follow us on Twitter It's at shortwatchza And I tend to post a lot of information And I often say um, To my wife, to my friends, to my colleagues We'll be talking about um, A case we may have had in the early 90s During Cadessa or a big bus that took place, or the Shell House shooting. And I'd say, sure, imagine if we had had cell phone cameras in that day, and we would have had pictures of it, etc. cetera. And there's, there's almost like a sense of regret that we weren't that technologically advanced, yet it's a double-edged sword. We're sharing so much information now that it can be used against us.
1: Exactly. And people ask me, how do we take the tech out of technology? Simple rule. Don't do online what you wouldn't do in the real world Very important If you are in doubt about posting those photographs of yourself in your bunny suit Having a lot of drinks at the office party Think if this is something that you would show to your bosses and to the world in real life
0: that is so true, and that is something our listeners need to take away. If you posting something or if you allowing somebody to take an image of you, is it something you want your family, your friends, or your potential future employers to see? we 'll be back with Jackie Fix straight after this you 're listening to the confidential brief with Chad Thomas on high FM. You're listening to Confidential Brief, broadcasting in Johannesburg on 101.9 FM and worldwide on com. Today, I'm in conversation with Jackie Fick, and we're chatting about the dangers of cybercrime. Jackie, when one looks at cybercrime, I don't think people realize just how broad the subject is. So when I look at cybercrime, there was a case against a company called Electio. Electio was selling... Um, investments in precious technology metals that are used in cell phones etc they were so professional they set up boiler rooms for people to phone so an outbound call room they had very LANI addresses like they were in Melrose they were in Hong Kong they were in Dubai and they had the most incredible website that, if you signed on for them to invest on your behalf, you could log onto this website and see what the value that day was of your particular package of these technological minerals and they would have a, a ticket tape showing the stock market, etc. It all turned out to be complete smoke and mirrors. Then you have a guy that 's sitting at home. Um, his wife's out. He's on Facebook, and suddenly up pops a picture of a, 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 a young lady. And this young lady wants to befriend him, and he befriends this young lady. And the next thing, she says, "Well, why don't we talk on WhatsApp, brother?" And before he realises it, he is sharing intimate pictures of himself with her to reciprocate for pictures she sent him that he believes were of her, and before he realizes it, he is the victim of an extortion racket. So it can be as sophisticated as Electio and as simple as that dating site. What are you finding in terms of your investigations and your studies to be a growth in cybercrime impacting on everyday South Africans?
1: Fishing always remains the main source of cyber-related offenses. And I think what we need to understand when it comes to personal offenses, as I said to you, it's about stealing your information. What the criminals want to achieve with that is not necessarily limited to banking fraud or whatever. There is definitely a rise in terms of catfishing and What concerns me and something that's very close to my heart is the impact it is having on our children. They are extremely vulnerable. When it comes to businesses, uh, we find more and more ransomware going around and we find reports in the media about people that have lost $1.2 in their companies and people ask the question, how is it possible? We need to remember that In companies, it's also about information. Actually, information is the most valuable asset that company has besides its people. And we design systems to improve our service delivery, but do we put the necessary controls in place to provide accurate management reporting on what is going on in our companies based on that new technology? So the rise in cybercrime is also not only a rise in the number of incidents, but in the level of sophistication. South Africa has also always been known. I mean, I got the first conviction for spy software in 2006, if I'm not mistaken. And at that stage, that specific offense was committed by a cyber syndicate. So you found that the criminals in South Africa evolved much quicker than law enforcement did. You had your traditional organized crime syndicates I decided why should we commit trans, uh, cash and transit heist where we can press uh, click a mouse and steal 150000000 million, risk-free and definitely coupled with a great reward.
0: Let's talk about Jackie Fick in the last few minutes of the show. What are you doing at the moment and how is it that uh, you are enjoying the private sector so much – after leaving such a a committed state position?
1: Chad, I've recently, as as far back as April this year, started my own company called Vistrat Solutions with a specific meaning of vision and strategy. I believe that a lot of what we need to do in terms of addressing crime is all about a strategic approach. It's all about governance. It is transparency. It is the tone from the top. And I think that is a culmination of being a prosecutor for 16 and a half years, then PwC where I did consulting and forensics, and six years in the telco industry and working with the banks very closely. So I think um, I can contribute towards South Africa in a much better capacity by providing advice. And speaking on radio shows like yours
0: (laughs) So if people were to find out more about Jackie Fick And how she can help their organizations How do they find you?
1: I have a very uh, interesting LinkedIn profile I heard the other day that if you called a diverse executive um, People should be scared It's just because I'm most of the time undercover So they can definitely find me there um, I'm in the process, as I say, this business is very young, it's still in its nappies I do not currently have um, a website set up But um, I can also share my email address With companies that uh, would like to get in contact with me
0: And that is? It's Jackie
1: at Viz, that's V-I-Z-S-T-R-T VizStratSolutions.com
0: And uh, in closing, what should South Africans be doing to protect themselves and their children from cybercrime?
1: Educate themselves. Get the 101s right. And parents, please watch your children, how they use technology, and sit with them. You know, I always say, who's the teacher and who's the student these days? Parents can learn from their kids. And make this a journey that you walk together with your kids. Let us get to the point that we actually make our kids and our parents responsible digital citizens.
0: Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: I'll be uploading Jackie's contact particulars on our page, Confidential Brief Radio Show on Facebook. And the High FM uh, Twitter feed will also be sharing her contact particulars. I'll be back same time, same place next week right here on 101.9 FM.